Hi, and welcome to the first episode of The Lands of Yalishi. My name is Eric McGee, and I hope you like this story. Prologue, 300 years before. Emperor Slaw stood on the bow of his ship in full armor. The great red plate mail made for this conquest all the way down to his tail stood in contrast to the setting sun, as if the anger inside of him turned into flames and the sun showed off its brightness. The armor, thick enough to stop any sword, axe, or mace that any dragonborn would use, also worked to stop the hammers and arrows from the people of this land. The weight of it was too much for his squires, so he had to put it on himself. He commanded the same to be done with all the other troops, to fully equip themselves with their armor, their weapons, and stand and face their enemy one last time. Let the light of the Dragonian army blind them for one final time. The Dragonian army would not be seen with their backs showing. He would not give that to these people, these weak, soft people. They are unscaled, their smooth skin has hair like the other animals the Dragonian born kept in the ranches. Only the sun would be at the backs of the mighty Dragonian army. He made clear to tell his officials that this was no retreat and no dragonborn should act as if it were. The Dragonian Emperor waited until all were aboard and lining the rails of the boats before he gave the command to set sail and leave. Cheers came from the city. Along the walls, the simple patterning of city folk. Flags and banners in rough colors and patterns. These people, so different, yet so much the same as city folk in his own home. They would have loved him, he was certain of that, just as his own people loved him. Before he left, there were shows and songs made of conquest, and he went to see them all, wary of the superstition of trying to force a victory. But he was the emperor, and there is no time for superstition. There were no formal goodbyes between him and these people of this land. As dragonborn come in different shapes and sizes, so too do these people. But they have no scales, no horns. Their teeth are dull. They are much smaller than the dragonborn. Even smaller still, some as big as the children he left at home. These people who managed to beat the mighty Dragonian army in battle after battle until the emperor had no choice. Emissaries were met. A contract was signed. And after the new moon, it was decided. And within the week, the army mustered to go back across the sea. The emperor had to leave some wards behind. He knew. You just can't offer words when you're the emperor. There needs to be something more that one can rely on. High-ranking members each now a ward of this new land, divided amongst the different states. These once noblemen of each household would have to send back for their families to come. They and their lineage would never be allowed to hold blade or club on this land. They would never be allowed to go home. They would have to start with nothing. They would have to live with the guilt of the emperor and start 
with nothing on this land. Still, on the boat, he was careful not to touch any of his soldiers or seers. Old curses have a way of coming up again and again. You see, the Emperor of the Dragonlands can read the minds of other dragonborn. This is what makes him Emperor. He does not need to know what they think of him, of this failure, of the riches they would not get. And in return, they do not need to know what he thinks of this failure. That is the curse of it all. They see in him what they want to know, just as he can see in them. The Emperor would not touch another dragon for as long as he lived. And now the Emperor's barge sails back with a smaller crew. So many dead and left behind. Some are on other boats to help man them home. And even with their scars, no dragon will claim this as a loss. At least not within the Emperor, for he can hear it all. The scholars would debate the major reasons why the invasion failed. The coastline here wasn't suited for an invasion. It was too hilly, too many rocks jutting up from the waves. The coastline's not even fit for nimble little fishing boats. But the emperor said this is where they would start. It was in his dreams, and the seers and mystics all said the same. Take the great red mountain. Control the wealth and the power of this land. The invasion started and ultimately ended here. They could not get their wagons moving right. The land was too defensible. And they had to abandon it all. The soldiers spoke of the powder, how the great spheres of metal crashed and exploded into their ranks, making both armor and scale useless, how thousands were blown apart in the fire of what they called cannons. But the emperor and barons knew that they could have overtaken the cannons. They were, in fact. It was the nine that came and stopped them. The emperor knew what power the nine had, but told none of the others. This land was to be named Sla, after the emperor. And he would not change that from any of the maps that would be drawn back at home. The books would call this his land. This land, the local people called Yalishi. Not more, not the more appropriate Dragonian names as they'd started deciding on it the way home. It was custom to have children born with names already in mind because they need to grow into their names, that gift from their parents. And so, hundreds of years later, the dragonborn still call this land Sla, a word now more aligned with failure than with the greatness the emperor had chosen. A curse spoken on the lips of a dragonborn. The lands of this new continent stretched out in both directions far off into the distance, and on the dock, the nine stood armed and waiting. And behind them, thousands have started in celebrations. And behind them, the great red mountain rose, and all watched the dragons leave. They all would remember this day differently than the dragonborn. And as he stood out looking over the land that he came to conquer, at the men and women standing on the shore to see him off, he couldn't understand how they had beaten the mighty dragon horde. 
In the span of just two years, the invasion cost the lives of nearly half of the dragonborn sent. Probably more. But as he left, the people of this land sent skyward something small and screaming that exploded and expanded into circles. Little gunpowder rockets. The emperor made a decree to his people that all things made for war would never be in the hands of non-soldiers. He would never allow such things at home. He watched as a few on the deck stared at the exploding rockets to see if they should be defend themselves. The emperor himself stared at the nine as they disappeared into the horizon. That powder can do so many things, he thought. The emperor's hand itched for his sword, his massive red-bladed sword made for his grandfather. That sword would be left here, on Yalishi, forever, as one more cost of the escape. One of the nine carried it on his hip. He kept his gaze on it for as long as he could, until it too disappeared into the distance. No emperor would carry another sword. This, he decreed, until that sword was returned to Aia. Even as the land moves further and further into the distance, he can see the great red mountain. This mountain is what made him come to this land. All the years of planning, all the stories of this land, this is the mountain that entered his dreams. It filled his thoughts. The art around the capital tended to move towards the interests of the emperor, and he began to see it everywhere. Now it was the last thing he saw as his boats faced west, faced home, faced returning without any of meeting any of their goals. It will now be a fixture of his nightmares for the rest of his days. And his soldiers, now realizing that these rockets are not weapons, stopped to stare at the different colors the rockets made, greens and blues spreading out like flowers in the sky of all the things to shoot off to celebrate. I will let them have this, Emperor Slaw thought. His seers said that there were so many boats that you could tie them together and practically walk from the port in Waia all the way out to this new land. These many thousands of boats facing east. No one knows for certain the amount dead left on these shores. Many more dragons lost than any other fighting. A fleet of sails over the ocean is all is left. The shamans back in Waia and Abadia proclaim victory. The Grand Seer himself had said that the predictions knew no time. That even with the loss now, this land will still belong to the Dragonborn. Today, tomorrow, hundreds of years from now. The Emperor thought this was a way for him to cover himself from failure. He could not believe that these people would ever bend the knee or their children. And if the Emperor could have, he would have offered the Grand Seer as a ward to these people as part of the truce. Have him keep this new land around forever. 
as per their contract, the boats that couldn't be sailed were burned behind them. All weapons that they could find were pulled from the dead. All their dead were taken back onto the boats. Nothing was left for the people of Yalishi. And but lo, it was not a total waste for the Dragon Emperor. The dragons did manage to bring back some of the exploding powder. This would not go to the seers, the mystics, all heretics and charlatans as far as the emperor was concerned. No, he would need someone else to look at these. The emperor would not know this, but his defeat was the last thing that the united dragon lands would do together. Each baron would take their smaller countries back and separate from the throne. The emperor lived left, only lived for his revenge. Revenge like this can last generations. Hatred and fear gets put into bones. The dragon emperor, the dragon emperor knew that no force could take the land. No, there would have to be another time, another era in this land. Hey, thanks for listening. This takes a lot of time to really record and to write and put it all together, to add in the music and everything. And I really appreciate you listening to this. Uh, it means a lot to me. This took a lot of, like I said, it took a lot of time. And what I would love is to have you all draw what's going on. You know, draw draw the episodes, draw the characters. The story is going to get really deep, really quick. And there's characters in there that uh, I think is going to connect to all of you. And I think it would be a lot of fun for me personally to see what you picture when you hear these stories. Uh, So please, please, please draw them uh, and and send them in to me. And occasionally I think I might use some of you all as uh, characters in these stories because I'm going to need a lot of people in this whole new world. Uh, And once again, thank you for listening. Until next week. I'm, I'm planning on putting these out every other week, which means the next one will come out next Thursday, September 12th. Uh, until then, thank you very much, and I'll see you all next time. Bye.